Hello and welcome to Idol Rumble, the official K-pop podcast of LobbyRumble.com, where we discuss weekly topics around all things K-pop. We are recording on May 23rd, 2022. I'm Rob, Editor-in-Chief at LobbyRumble.com, and I'm joined by content writer Ron and our first-time guest, Chris. Chris, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, some of your favorite groups, and how you first got into K-pop? And after that, how was your week? Sure. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey. Yeah, I'm Chris, a uh, friend of Rob's and now a friend of Ron's. Yay. College friends with Rob, to be specific. Mm-hmm. What are we doing these days, Rob? We're gaming a lot, Final Fantasy before, mm-hmm. I don't know, before the last couple months, I suppose. <laughs> um, and I used to stream a lot on Twitch, but have since hung that up for the K-pop life. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Uh, but in all seriousness, love K-pop. I'm fairly newer to it than YouTube, but definitely, definitely, definitely love it. We had some guidelines here on on kind of what to talk about. My like my favorite groups are Blackpink, Twice, and Itzy. I know that's kind of like mainstream probably for you guys and your audience, but those are my favorites. I love them so much. Specifically, Lisa from Blackpink, Nayeon from Twice, and Dahyun. And Ryujin from Itzy, which is something Rob and I bond nice. over. <laughs> and uh, I, how I got into K-pop. So actually a few years ago, I listened to Blackpink a lot. And then listened to... Usually, you know, guys, on that spot of, on Spotify where you kind of just let it play things that it thinks you might like. Um, it would generally play K-pop from time to time. And I, at the time, I really didn't know what it was. Listened to a lot of J-pop and I listened to a lot of... Japanese gaming EDM stuff, especially trying to find things for stream, stuff to play in the background, stuff to kind of be noise while I play. Blackpink is something that just kept coming up that I really fell in love with, and I fell in love with them. And then, as one does, you start to kind of get into their other content, their social media, their their videos and such. And then from there, that just opened the door to other stuff, especially recently since they kind of stopped pushing content. I guess as you guys know when groups stop pushing stuff you you need to you need more <laughs> you need to keep looking oh, for yeah. more <laughs> yeah yeah you need it becomes insatiable and uh so i went looking for more and apparently jyp doesn't know when to stop pushing out content because <laughs> they feed us like crazy but yeah that's kind of my story I, I i've been listening for a couple years now um and loving it and rob gives the best recommendations <laughs> <laughs> Even if you don't ask. <laughs> no, even if you don't ask. I'll ask for one thing and you'll give me uh, what came out last year, what I, what you think I might like, what came out last night, and I won't have any time to listen to a lot of those. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. But yeah, welcome to the podcast, Chris. Thanks, thanks. Uh, Ron, how was your week? Uh, my week was uh, pretty busy. Uh, surprisingly like so normally i I tend to be on my phone a lot but this past week i hardly on my phone i know you're on android uh robert but um i don't know about you chris mm-hmm. I, i'm on iphone so like at the end of the week they tell you like your usage rate how much you're on there like yeah. yeah 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 and so my usage rate dropped like <laughs> i want to say like 45 percent or something like that so it's a huge anyways uh yeah it was just a whole bunch of stuff going on one major thing that I did was attempt to get TXT tickets through Ticketmaster. And <laughs> dude, it, it it was crazy. I mean, as you guys know, like getting tickets for any K-pop show is crazy. For this being TXT, a more newer group, I kind of underestimated like how big this fan base was, even though like majority of the fan base is like a leak over for, from BTS fans, I, I think. Just waiting in that Ticketmaster queue, first of all, it takes super long. And then once you get in, and especially once I got in, there was like no tickets left. It was, it was ridiculous. Mm. 
And I, I freaking hate Ticketmaster. Like, I hate I, going through that crap. I don't know how they keep getting away with it. Because they, they do do that. And then it's like a roulette. And then when you get in, tickets are just, like, disappearing. They're pushing you into buying their premium seats that used to be 200 but now they're, like, 1000 Yeah. It's, it's wild. It's dumb. And, like, they market it as their platinum yeah. tickets. But it's not. there's nothing platinum about it. It's just resold tickets with mm. super huge markup. Mm. and. I know it, it's ridiculous. So I had to deal with that disappointment. <laughs> uh, like, what was it like last Friday? I think it was Thursday or Friday. I, I can't remember, but, but that was pretty much it. It sucks. I couldn't remember that their tickets were going on sale. Where is this being it's held in, up? Um, so, for, you know, for us, our local show would be um, San Francisco in the Bill Graham Auditorium. Oh. And it's uh, kind of a sizable auditorium, but, you know... This being, you know, a hype group, I feel like they should should have gotten a bigger venue. But also at the same time, like when it comes to K-pop here in the West, like even if you're not really a fan of the group, like a lot of K-pop fans will just buy it anyways because it, it's it's K-pop. They'll just take whatever they can get. True. So I think mm-hmm. that's also why like this stuff sells out super fast. Yeah, if I knew I would have jumped in line too because I remember telling you that I sort of reluctantly joined the first Twice mm-hmm. tour, yeah, yeah. like last year, just reluctantly. I was like, ah, oh, let's try. Oh, got tickets. Okay. <laughs> and then you guys are just still waiting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I would have tried at least because I-, I like some of TXT stuff. Yeah. But I need to remember when uh, Idols tickets go on sale because I'm not really tracking that. I'm, it's probably going to be the same thing. You're going to come up saying, oh, can you get Idol tickets? Oh, those went on sale. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get those too because I really like the song My Bag and I want to jam out to that song. (laughs) (laughs) So that was attempting to get TXT tickets for my week. I caught up with Shooting Stars episodes 8 through 10. I thought I was caught up already last week when I brought it up, but apparently I was behind two episodes. I just noticed that last week when I talked about it, I sort of veered off and talked about Penthouse instead. This is the typical romantic comedy where the famous guy falls for the ordinary, average PR person at the same company. At the episodes that I just watched, they're sort of in their honeymoon period where they just got into the relationship and then obviously something's going to come up. So for some reason, some villain stories are coming up that are sort of coming out of left field that I think it would have been nice just to have them have tribulations with the relationship with it being it what it is similar to business proposal. But yeah, that was Shooting Stars episode 8 through 10. And now it's time for new releases. In this section, we highlight and talk about some of our favorite releases from the previous week. What do we have this time? All right. So last week was a little dry, so we kind of had to dig deep for the, this list. But to start it off was Tong Eunji from A-Pink. And she came out with a song, Meet Him Among Them, on May 20th. And it's a cover of Isuni's song. And same day, we had One We come out with their song, Roommate, from their special album, Timeless, which celebrates their band's uh, third year anniversary. So congrats to One We for lasting three years. Congratulations. And today we had Got7 come out with their track, Na Na Na, for their first comeback after leaving JYP. So congrats for them doing this whole comeback on their own. Then also, Lunar Solar came out with the song, Do You Wanna Get Down? Which, sad news, is their final single. Chris, since you're our guest this week, 
What new release in 2022 so far would you like to choose as your pick? Sure. So the guys gave me the open choice of anything in 2022 because I'm not as on top of it as you guys are. But evidently, during one of the playlists I was listening to today, I think the God 7 song came across because when when you guys are reading it off the list, I was like, I think I listened to that today. No opinions yet. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) I had four... And you guys probably already listed these some uh, during some uh, other episode, but as my favorite this year, Feel My Rhythm by Red Velvet, yes. that song is an absolute pop. Like, I can't not help <laughs> to dance to that. Mm-hmm. I have Tomboy here by Idol or G-Idol. Honestly, I think it might be one of the best K-pop songs I've ever listened to. I, oh, I don't know ooh. why. It's just so like, it's so hype and it seems like universally loved and it helps when it's all over your social media. Uh, I have <laughs> Run To You by Stacey on here, which is also really good. Nice. And then, I don't know if this is cheating, but I put Just Be Yourself by Twice, which is a Japanese song. Does that does that count <laughs> with you I, guys? I would say it's K-pop adjacent, yeah. you know? K-pop yeah. group with a Japanese single. Yeah. Yeah. Counts. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I was hoping Ron would at least be on my side with that as a Twice <laughs> fan. And I think that song is supposed to be part of their Japanese album that's coming later. So yeah, I was like, I think that. That counts. But out of those four, honestly, like as much as I love Feel My Rhythm, Tomboy is like, Ooh. that's that's a crazy song. Mm. So I think that's my favorite of 2022 so far. That's a good one. And of your list, uh, I got to go with my girls, Slacy <laughs> with Run To You. That song is so good, though. <laughs> like sometimes I'll catch myself like either working or like eating and I, I run to you. And then it's just like, wait, <laughs> that's that song out of all my, my favorites. But it must mean I really like the song. That album? was really good too like mm. run to you is good mm-hmm. and then like i think my second favorite on the album has to be like butterfly and like 24 7 hey. yeah. <laughs> yeah those man when stacy does r&b like it they they go hard <laughs> i like it i love that i also like a uh, young love oh, on that yeah. album too mm. we just named the whole album because yeah, yeah, same same album. is on there too right so <laughs> it's a great yeah. album no misses <laughs> Ron, among this week's new releases, which would you pick as your favorite? For me, I, I think I would go with Wenwei's uh, Roommate. This is actually the first time I've listened to Wenwei. I think after today, I'm going to start uh, checking out their, their discography. I really liked it. it. It's a ballad, has some pretty emotional lyrics. It's, it's a pretty sweet song. It, it's, for their, um, it's for their fans. You know, it's, it's a cool ballad to, to jam out to. And I like how Wenwei is like an actual like, band that plays instruments. So that's like a, a kind mm-hmm. of a huge draw for me too, because um, I I like CM Blue and also like Day Six. So finding another, mm-hmm. I guess like I guess you can call them a rock band, a pop pop punk rock band, I guess. Well, I guess maybe not punk or pop rock band. Um, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'll give these guys um, more ear time, I guess. Does that? Oh, that sounds kind of weird. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give them more of a listen after this one. So I like roommate. For my pick this week is either between Unji or God Seven, but when I heard God Seven this morning, um, I definitely went with that. It's a God Seven song, which is a good thing. It reminds me of one of the later singles, "Breathe." Um, it's a very chill song that you could vibe with. It has this sort of light feeling to it, like you're floating around in the air. It's cool because also in the video they're like floating around in a big animated cloud. The melody is heavy on the synth and electronic sound. It's just cool that they're able to come back as a full group after leaving JYP Entertainment last year. Oh, I still gotta listen to that song. <laughs> oh, you didn't even listen to it. Yet. <laughs> oh, you, I was wondering why you didn't pick it. 
I should yeah. I should probably go. It's not super dynamic. It's just like a chill song. I, I did. I mean, I was I was following the group, all the group teasers and stuff. But I just I just haven't had time mm-hmm. today. But I'll, I'll do it tonight. Yeah, for sure. Day of release is a little tough, but I usually get around to watching at least the list that we put out. Yeah. So that was Idol's Tomboy, One Wee's Roommate, and Got Seven's Na Na Na. In the news segment, we'll share our picks for what happened in K-pop for the week. So, Chris, what did you bring for news this week? Uh, I'm excited to talk about this one because Blackpink is my favorite. Just yesterday, either yesterday or the day before that, uh, there was a surprise announcement of Blackpink collaborating with Rolling Stone for Rolling Stone's June 2022 cover. They interview Blackpink. Uh, they have this um, collector's box that they're doing uh, that I pre-ordered today uh, that they're, release, they're releasing for, I think, 100-something US. Um, and it, it comes in this uh, really neat big Rolling Stone box. It has, I think, five... There's going to be five variant color covers of the magazine. It's going to come with all five, one with the group, and then um, four individual singles with each of the... One of the girls. And then in very K-pop fashion, they're including photo cards uh postcards stickers and i think that's everything in the box uh stuff exclusive to that particular set which is you guys probably know better than i do but i don't know if a k-pop group has done anything collab with kind of the western audience but in the fashion of k-pop merch i know us we're used to seeing you know our favorite groups sell that stuff but kind of more um geared towards k-pop audiences where i think this is probably the first time where you know a western group like rolling stone is delivering something in that same idea uh in true collab fashion which i think is kind of cool oh and of course the la- the thing i forgot to say what they include is a mini zine with more oh, cool. info yeah which is pretty neat yeah I, and i read the uh main article today i don't know if it goes longer in the magazine but the uh, main story is out on the rolling stone site for some reason you can read it full on mobile and then there's a weird paywall on the desktop so just opened up on your phone uh but it's a really good read i highly recommend it i feel like every time i read about or watch something on the blackpink experience they kind of undershare on the trainee part of it and i think the story touches on the trainee part of of it more than i've ever seen yet of course they hold back a little bit but it's still um a great thing to listen to or to read anyway from a from a big k-pop fan or blackpink fan i should say and yeah i think it's really cool just when i thought yg was maybe mishandling the greatest girl group of all time and holding them back mm-hmm. from releasing anything uh they do this they announced that they're doing this rolling stone cover and kind of unleashing the start of Blackpink's next few years, which they talk about in the story about how they're gearing up for this next chapter of Blackpink. So it's really cool. Oh, man. So if they're talking about what's coming up in a few years, I wonder if that means they're or if they already have renewed because they debuted 2016. So they probably I don't know how like their contract works, but typically right is seven years and their seven right. year contract ends next year so I yeah no that's a hint. <laughs> no i thought that too because i think next i think you're right i think next year's the seventh year and in the magazine specifically they talk about how they're gearing up for the next two three years at least and so you know I, yg would be dumb to let them go for anything yeah. but uh i i think there's a plan for sure oh, exciting i gotta check that out mm-hmm. when you showed me this earlier on on the uh discord i was sort of surprised at how much it was because mm-hmm. i think it was like a like 130, 150? US, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's just a magazine, right? With with just like some K pop goodies. Yeah, essentially. 
I mean, I mm. would akin it to the bigger boxes when K-pop groups or soloists release those like collector's edition boxes. Uh, granted, those mm. aren't like 130. Those are probably closer around 70, 60, like a light stick. I don't know. I think just the weight of it being Blackpink and the weight of it being the most prominent music magazine of ever, probably <laughs> they're trying to justify the price. But I mean, if, if you put Blackpink on it, I don't know how high you can go with the price tag and people won't buy it, you know? It is expensive. We discussed Blackpink's um, release calendar that they usually only do like one comeback a, a year, but doing stuff like they are sort of like a mixed media kind of group that they're not just there for the K-pop. They're there for fashion magazines, mm-hmm. music magazines, uh, starring in dramas that they sort of are like one of the big defining groups of this generation that they don't just have to like come back and do that. Like they, they can do all these other things and still be well regarded as one of the biggest groups of this generation or maybe of all time. Yeah, I agree. I, I think they're just so different in that, you know, with there only being four of them and each of the four is probably a bigger entity than, you know, half of the K-pop groups out there on their own. And them, like you said, them being able to do other things, it's such an unprecedented thing. Whereas I think a a group like Twice is what these other K-pop groups, girl groups anyway, want to strive towards because they're more of a picture perfect entity of what a K-pop girl group is. Where Twice is, I think, or uh, excuse me, Blackpink has really broke that mold a while back. Yeah, and and to add on that too is that I think like a lot of K-pop fans get upset when they don't release music because in our eyes and and i've had this view before too where i we felt like oh blackpink they you know even though they're idols which kind of means they they do everything they should be doing music first so mm-hmm. they should do that first they should put out you know music on the regular just like these other k-pop groups but you know but but you guys are right they you know they're breaking the mold and they don't have to do the music thing even though that's what got them popular but they're popular enough where they can they can be essentially models. They can do the high fashion thing. They can do the the acting and and designing or whatever, right? Because then now like Jenny has Gentle Monster. I don't know how much she has a hand in designing those sunglasses, but she's pretty prominent in all their advertising. Oh, for, for sure. sure. But yeah, like and then that goes back to like the price tag of this whole Rolling Stone box. Like one fifty is pretty steep, but I mean it's Blackpink, <laughs> you right. know, right. and arguably the one of the greatest groups of uh, K-pop groups of all time. And they only have put out less than five albums or something something like that. Yeah. But, you know, it just goes to show how how influential they are. I look forward to being invited back uh, for the Blackpink (laughs) exclusive episode. (laughs) So that was Blackpink's collaboration with Rolling Stone magazine. Ron, what did you bring for news? So late last week, there was news um, that... You know, kind of hurt my hurt my heart a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Twice's Nyon, Momo, and Chewy have tested positive for COVID nineteen, and as no. of this morning, yeah, it's pretty pretty big, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as of this morning, JYP also announced that Mina has tested positive for COVID nineteen. Um, so with Nyon, she has been described as ha- having a fever. Um, Momo and Chewy had a cough, and Mina had a slight throat irritation. So they all tested positive. After returning from the U.S. And as all of us know, they were in U.S. for their uh, encore show. And they also had a Colbert performance in New York City. And they also spent some time in New York City. If you follow them on their 
individual Instagram accounts, they were pretty much having a field day with no masks on. And there was was even a a picture of Momo hugging a street lamp, which (laughs) I wonder if that's how she caught it. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of fans were making that joke too. (laughs) Thankfully, none of the other Twice members have tested positive. Um, Sana, we know that she she had it previously uh, a month prior. All we can do is, you know, kind of just wait it out and hope for the best and wish them well on a speedy recovery. Yeah, it was. it's wild to me that they didn't get it until after this was all over. I mean, I, mean, I know Sana got it before, but it seems like the the announcement on, on Twitter for when they all got it. To me, I was like, now? I mean, this is the best time because it's all done. Yeah. But it's kind of crazy how it, it waited. Yeah. And, you know, the these idols and they're taking, you know, tests like constantly every day. Mm-hmm. And so it's crazy, like how, like right before they left, they tested negative. And then when they came back, like, oh, psych, you got it. (laughs) Thank you, Colbert. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just crazy that a lot of these groups, they're like at the end of their tours, they're catching it. Like, I think AT's caught Mm it. We just got to do our due diligence on being safe out there. So that was twice as Nyan, Momo, Chewy, testing positive for COVID-19. Before I go on with my main story, I just wanted to... I just wanted to mention Kim Garum's school violence allegations and Hybe's statement regarding that. Apparently, um, with all this coming to light, they have decided to halt her activities indefinitely. This is still ongoing and it's being investigated, but it is getting a little hairy out there. Yeah, I've been following this uh, story pretty much from you know from the beginning, and it's so it's so crazy how this whole story is is just changing and evolving as more stuff comes out. Earlier, like when this news first broke, I was kind of on the fence. I was like, man, it's probably another hater just saying whatever. Because that, that's happened time and time again. But as more stuff comes out and it, it's weird because like it's kind of hard to change your initial thought, like whatever you had at first. But like more and more stuff comes out. And, and I don't want to say like, oh, she did it. She is a bully or whatever. Because, you know, there's, there's two sides to every story. But I do find it kind of odd how... Both sides of the story don't really add up. I'm sure, you know, the truth is somewhere in the middle, but man, the whole handling of this thing has been so messy, uh, especially on Hybe's part when, you know, they're, they seem to be pretty good at handling stuff like that. Well, you know what? I, I did take that back because when it came to glam, you know, years ago, that was pretty messy too. But man, I, at this point, I don't know what to think. It's so, it's so crazy. So I'm a proponent of innocent until proven guilty. So I just want to sort of stay tuned to see what happens of it. But I'm not going to take any sides yet because obviously I'm pretty neutral. It just comes to whatever comes out in the end that I'll form an opinion. But hopefully it doesn't get too much hairier from from here. Uh, but my main story is Cube Entertainment officially announces CLC's disbandment. On May 20th, Cube Entertainment officially made the announcement on their social medias. The current group consists of Sungyeon, Sungyi, Yujin, who's currently in Kepler, Yeon, and Unbin. This follows the March 18th announcement earlier this year that Sungyeon and Yeon would leave the agency after the contract expiration. Previously, Elki departed in February 2021, followed by Sorn departing in November 2021. Some songs that they are known for are Peep, Hobgoblin, Where Are You, Black Dress, and Helicopter. So this is just another seven-year 
contract expiration that it was sort of over well in advance that I remember there's that news story that Cube came out saying that they're just not going to fund any CLC projects after Helicopter. Um, that was like sometime last year that they're just chilling around for like a year and a half until it's actually expired. Man, sad day. I like CLC too, especially like Black Dress. That was like my jam back then when it came out. Because <laughs> um, man, because Yeon um, was the rapper, man. She's like, she killed it, man. I mean, a sad day. And, and I feel bad for them too, because there have been many times where CLC was supposed to get a song, but... You know, last minute changes by Cube gave their song to another group. I don't want to say like writing was on the wall for their mistreatment, or I guess in my eyes, like mistreatment or whatever. But I don't know. It's just sad. I, I wish they came out with more stuff, especially after Helicopter. Helicopter was such a good song. And I think that that song got a lot of attention too during the, what was that uh, show that Eugene was on? What was that called? Girls, Girls Planet 99. Yeah. Cause there was that one like trainee, right? <laughs> it was like made a slight oh, yeah, yeah. diss to Eugene <laughs> with that song. Yeah, and they, they also uh, sort of like over-edited that in the previews where on the show it's just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, sad day, man. Um, hopefully they all come out and do more stuff in the future, whether that's individually or in a whole new group or whatever they want to do. I'll, I'll support them. So once again, it seems like almost every week we're doing seventh year so uh, disbandment yeah. stuff. Here at Idol Rumble, we just wish um, all of these members affected the best in their future endeavors. So that was Cube Entertainment officially announced as CLC's disbandment. In the spotlight section, we try to shine a light on something in K-pop, whether it be an artist, song, album, TV show, or the like. Chris, what would you like to spotlight this week? Yeah, um, sure. So uh, Rob gave me the choice to talk about my experience at the Twice concert. I know, Ron, you talked about it last episode which i listened to and oh, man I, I was right there with you i yeah. was like i was like yeah that's that was so amazing that was great although i wasn't vip but i that part of it i got to live brand new through you so thank you for that um <laughs> no but i i, I love twice concert so like you ron i went to the oakland show um, you know, the, was just amazed by them there. Absolute showmen or show women, I guess you should say. And the, it's it's just incredible how on cue and maybe I get the um the benefit of seeing such a seasoned group just execute to perfection. Uh, and it, it was just absolutely incredible. And so for this LA show, we went. Uh, I I went down with my wife Bev. Um, for both shows, both Saturday and Sunday. Saturday oh. we got floor seats which i knew was going to be great but i also knew it was going to be kind of crazy i also forgot that i am not very tall so it was a lot of watching <laughs> the screen and seeing the girls heads bob Aww. up and down <laughs> but it was still worth being and there's just a different vibe being on the ground everyone is about it everyone's jumping everyone's hyped everyone has a a, a favorite uh stan and everyone um, is just so, so excited to be there. So, uh, more so than the second day that I like really feel the hype and, uh, and it, it was, it was great. And like Ron talked about last, uh, last episode, the, the show was, you know, exactly the same. Uh, I think what makes the shows different are obviously the, the in-between segments where the girls talk a little bit, they get to show off their practiced English. Mm -hmm. Um, Dahyun gets to just take over yeah. And remind us why she's amazing. 
And then, uh, of course, at the end with the encore songs, which I thought the encore songs were really cool and they're really different. I think they went deep into their bag for a couple of them, which which I loved. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned them exactly, but the one I remember clearly and now it's top of one of my playlists is Sunset. They played on Saturday night, which was absolute heat like they were saying mina chose that one and it couldn't have been more perfect for la i never i never even made the connection until they sing it live you know after their encore they re-sing dance night away uh with all of us facing surprise fireworks in the sky it wasn't surprise the second night because it was coming <laughs> but it was still amazing <laughs> uh and sunday night we were on the first level of the seats uh, so we actually got to see, you know, the girls perform at a good distance where you can still make them out and see all the antics, see Jung Yun throwing water on everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was so cool. I I loved uh, when you talked about uh, the, the VIP. I know you waited there hell long, but I, I loved how it was that kind of time frame where it was the most intimate with the girls. Like you could actually wave back and kind of feel them wave back at you. And I think that's a dream. I think that's so cool. I got to chop it up with someone Sunday morning at the hotel we were staying at, which, by the way, was another experience in itself because (laughs) we stayed at a Hilton by LAX. Hilton or Hyatt? Anyway, by LAX. And there was a, um, you know, those continental breakfasts in the morning. Yeah. And I kid you not, like every seat was like a twice fan. We're all wearing like our twice merch. (laughs) And it was so dope. And we were we were chopping up with a bunch of people while getting food. And one dude was VIP, who I thought might be you after <laughs> after I listened, but it wasn't you. But we were chopping it up, and he was like, "Yeah, man, I got to get out there at twelve uh, for this VIP." And I had it yesterday, and they made us wait like four hours in the sun. And he was like, "But it was worth it." And I was like, "I'm sure it was worth it." That sounds like that sounds crazy. But uh, but yeah, the twice experience was incredible. The girls incredible. I, you know, the, the Oakland show, I was mesmerized by their songs, but the LA shows, I really, really soaked in those in-between parts where they talk to you as the audience and it's a little different from the other shows. And you guys probably feel this too when watching your favorites on either on shows or on videos, but it's the personal time I think is really, is really, really cool. And seeing Nye on IRL (laughs) was a dream. (laughs) It was, it, it was amazing. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. I, it seems like we had the same level of enjoyment of the show, and like, um, and I, it could be just because I'm biased, but I've, every time Twice puts on a show, it just lights out. It they, like you said earlier, they they're incredible show women, and they know how to put on a show. They they can perform, and especially and during like the the in between moments during their their uh, comment area sections, whatever you want to call it, you can really get a sense of the personality and man like sauna is my my bias mm-hmm. but like listening to jihyo talk man she's like really charming yeah <laughs> i can see why kang uh, kong daniel fell for her dude <laughs> i can see why <laughs> um but yeah they're great and um i don't i don't remember if i if i shared this last last episode but during the fireworks part of uh their show and just like looking up uh, at the fireworks, like I was getting a little emotional. Like I was trying to hold back the tears because, like, I was sure. with my friends and stuff. But, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I don't know. It, it just, it just felt different from the Oakland show. And I felt, I don't, I don't know. It, it's hard to explain. But there's like this feeling inside that just 
you just feel warm. You, you, I don't know, it's hard to explain. <laughs> no, I totally, I totally get it. Because I, it was the the Saturday night when the fireworks were a surprise for me. I for like for a minute, I was like, this is hella anime K drama <laughs> status. Like <laughs> looking up the fireworks with like your your one of your your favorite your favorite group. Mm-hmm. Also looking up and enjoying it. It was, yeah, it was it was pretty nuts. Loved it. So that was Chris's experience at Twice's Fourth World Tour 3 Encore. Ron, what did you bring for the spotlight this week? So this week, I want to bring up a uh, a hot topic that came up um, in the last 24 hours and still being talked about. The dating rumor between Jenny, or Blackpink's Jenny and BTS's V. Um, so pics were circulating online of V driving with Jenny in the passenger seat which is supposedly was in uh, Jeju Island. As of right now, there was, has, no, has been no official word from HYBE. And um, YG commented earlier saying, basically with their usual no comment. Historically, um, if a dating rumor comes up and it was false, both labels would deny straight up. There was this one rumor where, I don't know if you guys remember with V, he was like in an art museum with, was with another woman and um that woman was uh like the daughter of this huge like business owner or whatever mm. um and i denied that real quick and so did v um there was dating rumors of jisoo dating a soccer player and yg came out quick with the denial so because of that people are giving a little credence to, the, to this picture that's uh, online there is a huge chunk of um netizens thinking that the picture was fabricated and if you look at it, it kind of does. And, but it's still hard to tell because it's like the picture is such a low resolution. It's like five pixels in, t- in total. Um, <laughs> it looked like Jenny was photoshopped in and someone put up a comparison shot of what is supposedly the original, um, which was like a screen cap from one of the BTS run episodes of them being in Jeju Island. And it had J-Hope in the passenger seat. So, hmm. I mean, if the rumors are true and the pick is true, they would be such a power couple in the K-pop world. Number one girl group in K-pop with, and number one boy K-pop group. They, that would be a strong couple. Unfortunately, K-pop fans just kind of have a bad habit of, you know, hating the, the person opposite of their favorite idol. But I ho- hopefully this time, you know, we can let, let the two be, you know, if they're, in, if they're a couple, then they're a couple. If not, then, then they're not. Hopefully there are no fandom wars going going on, but well, you know, we'll just sit back and and just let it play out. If it's true, then congrats to the both of them. Maybe in general, I think there's such a weird stigmatism. Is not the right word, but there's there's a weird juxtaposition with K-pop fans in how invested they get in their favorites mm-hmm. and how much they love their favorites, but then. If there's any semblance of their favorite, their stand, their pick, finding like an interest in someone else, mm-hmm. suddenly, not that the tables turn, but um, it gets a little heated. They get a little, people get a little upset. They get, they feel, and then they get nosy about it mm-hmm. and they, and their imagination runs wild and they start uh, getting even more angry. So I've, I've been interested in this topic ever since I, you know, got into Blackpink and learned that, you know, one of the rules is no dating. But I feel like that's one of the the ones that they just keep away from media and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so it's it's just interesting because i because the three of us i'm sh- i know we don't feel that way like if they who, date whoever you want to date i don't care like you're still i just i'm you're still my pick but it, it, the k-pop world is so different that i think i think the rules are just different like if we're going to be honest um what attracts a lot of k-pop fans in the first place is they found an idol that they find attractive and then kind of just support them the whole entire you know entire careers and you know, I'm not gonna lie. Like when I first got into K-pop, man, I found I thought you know Taeyeon from Girls' Generation was fine. So like, I, that's why she's my favorite. Like this whole relationship stuff, it's like it's none of our business, right? And if they if they find love, then they find love. You know, we got if we're their fans, we gotta support them no matter what. But I'm gonna be completely honest though. If Sana was ever caught in a dating rumor, I'm gonna be depressed for like six months. <laughs> no, but but in all seriousness, like if she did, then like I mean, if she if she's probably dating somebody right now, we just don't know. But if it ever comes out, like I'll be happy for her. You know, I'll support her. So she keeps accepting fans' proposals from the crowd. I see Can't that on TikTok. It. Stop it! Man. I see it on TikTok. Man. It gets me mad. Like it's what? not my proposal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it just sucks that this this is sort of the norm in uh, Korean pop culture that in that group of episodes in Shooting Stars, because it's about a famous actor, the whole episode was talking about, oh, this is the nation's boyfriend, so everybody like wants him to be their boyfriend, but obviously like if this just like ordinary girl just gets him, then everyone like gets pissy and everything. It's just weird, especially how close people I guess you could say think that they are with the idol- idols that it sort of feels like it's their property, yeah, but because yeah. it also unfortunately it does affect it affects the group's image because if they aren't readily available, if they're taken off the market, then maybe not as many people would be into them. So that was Blackpink's Jenny and BTS's V getting caught up in a dating rumor. For my spotlight for the week, big surprise. I'm covering Queendom 2 episode 8 this time. Um, This is the second part of round 2 named Fantastic where the groups are competing on their own again but the fans get to suggest what the groups perform. To do this, some of the groups got to meet with the fans. For example, Hyolin went busking. Luna got some notes and videos from fans. Babe Girls held a live. BBZ held a cafe event. Kepler did a hidden camera where they surprise fans in a dance class and WJSN was surprised by fans that they were doing this quote-unquote online event but in the audience they dropped the curtain all of them were just there all of the fans in this episode the first three groups got to perform uh they started with Kepler doing Girls Generation the boys they chose this because Tiffany and Taeyeon were big hosts for the shows that they're participating on this one was cool because they did a vampire fantasy theme the set was a lot of moving stairs and a lot of practical props. VVZs followed them with a Bop Bop remix. It was a cheer slash high school theme. Um, the one cool thing that they did a couple of cheer lifts where they were lifted up into the air and did like poses. But it was a pretty standard performance in the end. And the big one that I'd like to highlight if I had to choose one of these performances was WJSN doing pantomime. They did it as a Broadway theme, and this one was just crazy amazing. Um, This was the return of Bona because she was actually coming back from her drama activities, a.k.a. shooting 2521. 
This was a cool mix of mixed media with live dancing and projections on a scrim. There was like this clear curtain in front of them that they projected stuff on it, but you're still able to see people in front and behind the curtain that they got to perform with these projections, like throwing around lights and everything. And sort of the girls behind the screens, they were only showing up if they were spotlighted behind it. So girls would materialize essentially. But it was cool because the whole time everyone thought they were just LED screens. But in the middle of the performance, they showed the curtain falling down to the ground and revealing that they were there the whole time. Um, but near the end, it got a little too crazy. Um, there were two, there were a lot of things going on. Like there were explosions. There were aerial artists. Even four of the girls got to do some aerial artistry too. And the song was actually pretty cool. It was the sort of like Broadway version of the song. That was just a fun little episode. Like I said, if I had to recommend anything to watch this week is just go watch the WJ Sen's performance of Pantomime. If you could watch the episode cut where they have all the reactions of the different groups, then watch that. But on YouTube, you'll see the full uncut version on their whole performance. So that was Queenum 2, episode 8. To end the show, we'd like to leave you all with some recommendations that aren't necessarily K-pop. What would you like to recommend this week, Chris? Not necessarily K-pop, but mine's K-pop. Sorry, I'm taking advantage of it. <laughs> so uh, when I was down in LA for the Twice show, you know, I've been to uh, Koreatown a couple times in LA, but never been there as a K-pop fan. And so Bev and I made the trek, perhaps the mistake, <laughs> of going to K-pop <laughs> Music Town in Koreatown on Twice Weekend because the line was snaking around the whole second floor, which isn't that big, but uh-huh. it's still enough for, for like an hour long wait just to get into the store. Um, but they, they had light sticks. And I think that's why most of the people were lining up there. Anyway, my recommendation is if you're in town, not during a K-pop show, <laughs> definitely check it out. That store is amazing. Uh, I know I was talking with Rob and uh, he knows that that I, he mentioned that that store has some good MSRP prices. I don't know the difference. They had a 20% off twice stuff while we were there and we stocked up on some fun stuff and it was great. They have every single light stick you can think of, any band from any generation. Um, And they had the mini versions of it all. And just Mm. they had a section for all of anyone's favorite. So whoever your favorite is, they definitely have a spot for you. Uh, And I highly recommend to check it out. That's I've never heard of that spot before. I should check that out. Normally when I go to K-Town, um, I always head up like Choice Music and Music Plaza. Mm, but mm-hmm. I'm ne- where, where's Music Town? Like where in K-Town? It's, you know where the H-Mart is in the the oh, mall The mall, the, the one where um, the H-Mart is like on the first level? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, on the second floor oh. is where the shop is, yeah. Okay, I gotta check that place out next time. And it was hella funny because like it right, right, not right next to it, but near it, there's like a little fitness center and a sushi restaurant and a sumi-sumi dessert place. And all of those places are like, what the hell is this line for? Like, <laughs> we're losing business. <laughs> oh. But it was cool. It, it was cool, again, to be in, amongst like minds and people just excited. So. so that was K-pop Music Town in Koreatown, L.A. Ron, what did you like to recommend this week? So I have a food recommendation. It's this Korean fried chicken place called Barbecue Chicken or BBQ Chicken. It's in Cupertino, California, so in the South Bay. And it's 
you know, it, it's like, you know, other Korean fried chicken joints where like the chicken is juicy without being oily and chicken skin is really crispy. But this place has a lot of good flavors. And some flavors that I'd recommend are the honey garlic and the soy garlic. Really good. So if you've been to Banchan before or Vons, those are kind of the main ones around here in the Bay Area. I would say BBQ chicken is better. I, I like it more than those two. And they also have this unique uh, take on tteokbokki. They have their regular tteokbokki, but they have something called rosé tteokbokki, which is basically your regular tteokbokki with, they either add uh, milk or creamer in it to make it less spicy. With that mm. milk, it gives it this pink color. It's very, um, it's interesting to say, that, <laughs> to say the least. Um, if you're not a fan of sp- spicy stuff, then you can go ahead and try the rosé tteokbokki. Um, I found it to be a little weird. I think just because... I'm expecting some heat, but mm-hmm. this time I, I didn't get it. And also I'm lactose intolerant. So I kind of had to suffer when I got home. <laughs> <laughs> but, but nonetheless, uh, this place is good. And the interior is really cool too. Cause it kind of feels like, uh, I wouldn't, it, it's not really, it, it's, it's a clean spot. Right. And, but it had kind of like a grungier vibe than like a Vons or a Banchan. So it was really cool. And they, you know, they play K-pop music. They also play Korean dramas. They also had I'm sold. There you go. <laughs> they also were playing basketball in the background too, which I definitely enjoyed. Also, what's really cool is like it, it's a chain. Um, they have a whole bunch in LA or SoCal, but I think this is the first one in NorCal. Uh, I'm I'm not too sure. If you watched um, Crash Landing on You, there's a scene where they eat mm-hmm. at a chicken place and watch a soccer match, and you know, uh, Sonia Jin the the a female lead, you know, shouts out like I'm, I'm, I'm buying everyone's meal or whatever. So that's this chicken spot. It's the same, you know, company. So that's pretty cool. I was just about to bring that up because I just looked it up while you were talking about it. I was like, oh, that is the place on Crash Landing. Yeah, yeah. Double sold. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Vons. I literally just had Vons for the first time. Oh really? Uh, last week when uh-huh. Rob had asked if I wanted to be on the cast last week, uh-huh. I said I had dinner plans, and that's where I went. Oh, um, oh. and, uh, because they just, they put one near our old stomping grounds, Rob. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. I don't, I don't think it touched Bonchon, but if this place, if you're saying this place is, is, <laughs> is getting better than Bonchon, I'll have to try it. I'll have to try it. Yeah. So I think Bonchon's like main flavor, I guess you can say is like soy garlic or something like that. Mm. So I think barbecue chicken soy garlic is better than Bonchon's. I won't put that Ooh. out there. Oh, love it. <laughs> I actually just had my Vons left over today. <laughs> so that was barbecue chicken in Cupertino, California. For my recommendation this week, I'd like to recommend last week's AEW Dynamite. On this episode, they had two Owen Hart Foundation tournament Joker matches. The Jokers are pretty much surprise entrants that are either usually newly signed talent or a one-off where they come in from a different promotion. And the two Jokers this week, they were pretty surprising, but they weren't um, the ones that I was expecting because I was expecting some other like ex-WWE talent to join. One big match that happened that night was Hangman Page versus Konosuke Takeshita. It was just a bunch of craziness. Like Takeshita was just flying all over the place, just like soaring through the air, crashing into people. Uh, but my favorite match of the night was Kyle O'Reilly versus Ray Phoenix. Um, Ray is usually pretty known for flying around too because he's a luchador. While Kyle O'Reilly is a big slugger, ground game kind of guy. This was a slugfest. There was a lot of 
kicking to the faces, a lot of jumping off of things. Ray is still pretty fresh off of his injury that he suffered a few weeks ago or maybe a month ago, but it was a great match. So that was AEW Dynamite from last week. To close out the show, do you guys have anything to promote? So this week, I'd like to promote our social media accounts. You can follow us pretty much everywhere at Idle Rumble. And if you guys like to follow us in our Discord, and you can find our Discord link in all our bios. If you guys like what you hear, then go ahead and leave us a review and rate us on iTunes. You can follow my goings onings on loveyarmal.com, where I like to write about all things pop culture. You can follow my personal social media at Rob Loves Pizza with an R0B. Music's brought to you by Kevin McLeod of Incomptech.com. And that'll do it for this week's show. We will catch you on the next episode of the Idle Rumble Podcast. <laughs>